Turn to Psalm chapter 3, if you will. We started in Psalm 3 this past Sunday night. And uh, there's only eight verses in Psalm chapter 3, but we um, we will not finish with Psalm chapter 3 this morning. Hopefully we'll, we will tonight. I don't know that we will tonight either. But um, I'll make a couple of uh, statements about the psalm. Thank you, Brother Tyrone. And then we'll read the eight verses and pray together. And we'll just go just as far as the Lord will let us today. Do um, I love the Psalms? I'll tell you this: if you something you can try if you want to, it's it's a great blessing. You can read through the Book of Psalms and the Book of Proverbs every month. If you'll read five Psalms a day and one proverb, you can. Now there will be a couple of months, like February only has twenty eight days. You'll have to read an extra proverb or so. But um, basically, if you read five Psalms and one proverb every day, you can read through the book of Psalms and Proverbs every month. And I did that for quite a while. I have not done that in a while. But boy, when I was doing that, it was a great blessing and, and um, with all the other Bible reading and studying. Anyway, Psalm chapter 1 begins with tranquility. Psalm chapter 2 deals with hostility. And Psalm chapter 3 focuses on stability. And I'll tell you what, we need stability in the Lord. We need stability in the things of the Lord. And we're not going to turn there and read that, but if you you read this psalm, and if you want to get some good background on the psalm, you can read Second Samuel chapter 15, chapter 16, and chapter 17. And it has to do with David fleeing from Absalom. His son Absalom is trying to take over his kingdom. In fact, if, you're, if the psalms in your Bible have a title... It says a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. And so the Jews used this psalm when they were bewildered, when they were confused, and their circumstances had overwhelmed them. They would use this psalm, they would sing this psalm as we sang songs this morning that were a blessing and an encouragement and a help to us. This psalm was to them. Now, this psalm begins with trauma or with trials, if you will, in the first two verses, and we talked about them on this past Sunday night. It continues with trust, verses 3 and 4, and it ends in triumph. And ain't that a blessing? In verses 5 through 8. And uh, so this psalm teaches you and I how we can keep it together when times are are out of our control and when trouble is beyond what we can comprehend ourselves and when situations get out of hand and we can't deal with them on our own. And uh, so what a great psalm. So we'll read the psalm together, only eight verses, and we'll pray together and ask God to help us. The Bible says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all of my enemies upon the cheekbone. 
Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Father, would you help us today? Lord, we stand in great need of your help. Lord, we've certainly enjoyed your presence here this morning, and we've rejoiced in the songs, and our hearts has been overwhelmed with your goodness and your love. And Lord, it's just um, just a great blessing to fellowship and worship together with your people around your word. And Lord, would you help us today? Would you bring to our remembrance the things that we have studied and things that you have brought to our mind, the many things that we've written down and Lord, would you use us to be a help to these, your dear people? Lord, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, verse number one, and we're certainly not going to go over verse number one and two again, but we see the observation of David or the complaint of David. He said, many are they that rise up against me. He said in the verse, he said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? David has went from being king to being a fugitive. He has went from from a place of safety in the palace to a place of danger. He's fleeing from his enemies. He has gone from physical health to sickness. He has gone to to monetary gain. He has gone from wealth to poverty. He has gone from life to death. And all of these things has happened very quickly. In fact, he said, many rise up against me or make war against me. David is feeling the pressure of being in the minority. And I want to tell you something. If you determine in your heart and in your mind that you're going to live for God, you're going to be in the minority. The Bible says, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, but narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And so if you're going to choose, if you make the choice, and I promise you it is the best road, if you make the choice to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to be in the minority. And so David is feeling the pressure of being in the minority, but part of his pressure, and we understand that, and part of the situation too, is that he is reaping from the from his own sinful seed that he has sown. If you read in those passages of Scripture, those chapters of Scripture that I made mention of in the book of Samuel, David has been disloyal to Uriah. He has taken Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, to be his own. And so he has, he has, he has been, um, disloyal to his friend. He has been disloyal to his faithful servant, Uriah. He has taken that which did not belong to him. And so now we see what is happening to David. His friends, Ahithophel, that is his counselor, has turned against him. His own son, his family, has turned against him. The majority of the people in Israel are now his foes instead of his followers. And so David is beginning to reap what he sowed. Now I'm going to tell you, there is a, it's very, very sad when we begin to reap what we have sown. I never will forget Brother Tyrone and I have talked about this many times. We heard a, we heard a preacher say one time that, uh, he, he thanked God for crop failure. And man, when I first heard that, I thought, what in the world is he talking about? But as he continued to explain himself, he's talking about all the seeds that he had sown that God didn't allow to come up. 
And boy, I thank God for crop failure. Amen. And uh, so, but David here, he is reaping a little bit about what he has sown. Now, verse number two, we, we, verse number one, we saw the observation of David or the complaint of David. In verse number two, we see the opinions or the counselors of the crowd or as, of the many, as the psalm says in verse number two. Many are they which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Now we've seen in verse number one, we saw many are they that rise up against me. And then many are they which say of my soul, there's no help in God. And so we, we went through the Bible on Sunday night and we talked about, I think it was seven or eight things, seven things uh, in the Bible. And we're not going to do that today about the some say, but God says. And so the many, the majority, they have a, they make a lot of boasts. They say a lot of things, but more times than not, more often than not, the majority opinion is contrary to what God says. And so we talked extensively, extensively about how the, the some say or the majority say, but what does God say? Ultimately, that's what is important is what does the Lord say? Now look at verse number three. We'll begin here. Verse number three, we see the optimism and the confidence in God's protection. Verse number three is a turning point, if you will, in the psalm. We saw in uh, in the first two verses the trouble and the problems and the many that are oppressed me and all of these things. But when you get to when you get to verse number three, so you see the trials in verses one and two. But when you get to number three, you begin to see the trust in God. The the, the little word but. Aren't you glad for all of the buts in the Bible? He says, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. And so there's many that trouble me. There's many that seem to be increased in troubling me. There are many who are desiring to destroy me. They've even made the boast that David no longer has help in God. He said, but Lord, thou art a shield for me. In other words, you are my protector from those. And not only are you my shield, he said, you're my glory. I tell you, I don't have any glory and you don't either, but we can certainly glory in the Lord. And then he said also in that verse, and the lifter up of my head. And so we see the tone of the psalm beginning to change. David has reached the point where he's going from frustration to faith. I'll tell you, but we got to get to the place in our life where we get beyond the frustration to faith in God. And that's exactly where David is at here in verse number 3. And things look bad, Lord, but you are my shield. Things look bad, Lord, but you are my glory. Things look bad. I have a lot to hang my head about, but you, Lord, are the lifter up of my head. I'll tell you, we see here, uh, we, we, things get, we, we look, uh, let me, let me just give you this right here. I, I like this. If you want to be distressed, look within. If you want to be defeated, look back. If you want to be distracted, look around. If you want to be dismayed, look ahead. If you want to be disappointed, look to man. If you want to be delivered, look to Christ. If you want to be delighted, look up. Amen. And so it depends on where we're looking as to our situation or our circumstances and our problems. And so as our shield, God is our protector and our defense. He watches over us. He cares for us. 
And we're thankful for that. I'm going to quote you this verse, and then you can be turning to Psalms 121 if you want to. We're going to talk about God's protection for a little bit. And I doubt seriously we'll get beyond verse number 3 this morning. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30, I'll tell you this while you're turning to Psalm 121. The Bible says in Psalm chapter, or Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 5 that every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Listen, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. So what are you trusting in? Whatever you're trusting in depends on what kind of shield you have. And so I want the Lord to be my shield, so I'm just going to trust Him. Amen. Look at Psalm 121. We're talking about God's protection. We're going to mention several things this morning about God's protection. First of all, God's protection is steady or continuous. Look in Psalm chapter 121 in verse number 3. He will not suffer, that, that word means allow, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Boy, you ever, you ever slumber? I mean, you get drowsy. The Bible says that he, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber or sleep, nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord, now don't miss these two words, shall preserve thee. Now, look, the Lord shall preserve thee from some evil. Now, what he says, says from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Look at verse number 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. Now, I want to tell you, you're talking about God's protection being steady or God's protection being continuous. This Bible, this passage of Scripture talks about the Lord's protection being day and night. It talks about God's protection when I'm going out and when I'm coming in. We always, listen, whether you're, whether it doesn't matter. I tell you what, you need God's protection everywhere at all time. You know, the day that we're living in, it doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime, it's a dangerous time. It doesn't matter if you're in or out, it is a dangerous time. We better be trusting the Lord that He'll be our shield and that He'll be our help. He is our divine protector. Now, I like this three times. If you notice, the Bible said, made this phrase in verses 7 and 8, shall preserve shall preserve, shall preserve. Amen. And so what a blessing it is that God's protection is steady. Now, turn over to the book of Joshua, or backwards, I should say, to the book of Joshua, chapter number 1. So we see, first of all, that God's protection is steady. The second thing we see is that God's protection is sure and solid. What a blessing. Joshua, chapter number 1. Joshua chapter number 1 and verse number 5. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Bible says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Now notice the end of this verse. Now of course, this the Lord is talking to Joshua after Moses has passed, and Joshua's taking his place. The Lord made him this promise. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Listen, I, I don't know how you can get any more positive wording. I don't know how you can get any more sure wording. I don't know how you can get any more plain wording than the Lord Himself plainly saying, I will not fail thee, 
nor forsake thee. That's pretty plain, isn't it? That's, that's pretty sure. That's pretty steadfast. That's pretty solid. And what a blessing. Now, look at, turn over to Isaiah. You were in Psalms earlier. Isaiah is past the Psalm, Psalm chapter, or Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. So God's protection is steady. God's protection is sure. God's protection is secure as well. Psalm, or Isaiah chapter 41. I keep wanting to say Psalms. Isaiah chapter 41. Look at verse number 10. Well, these, these are great verses. They're, they're really, I, I understand how difficult it is at certain times for us to implement them. I, I understand that. But look what the Bible says in Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not. Why, why shouldn't we fear? For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Now, you know what dismayed means? Dismayed means to have a, com, a complete loss of courage. It means to be disheartened. I will tell you, there are, there are so many circumstances in our life that cause us to be dismayed. And so the Lord said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Look, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, we're, we're, we're nothing but dust, amen. We're, we're frail. We're weak. We're puny. We're, uh, at our very, the Bible said there is none that doeth good. No, not listen. There, there, there's not very much we can brag about within ourselves. I want to tell you, when we turn to the Lord for Him to be our shield, He said, I will strengthen thee. I love the word into the Bible. Then He says, yay. It's almost like He's cheering or He's excited. He said, I'll strengthen thee. Yay. I'll help you. Yay. I'll uphold you. Just trust Him. <laughs> and, and, and notice how He'll do it. He'll do it with the right hand of His righteousness. See, He understands that we don't have any. He understands that all of our righteousness is filthy rags. And so when we, when we come to a time of trial, when we come to a tri- time of discouragement, when we come to a, when a time in our life when we, we just can't seem to continue on, on our own, God says, hey, quit depending upon yourselves. Quit looking to your righteousness. You don't have any strength. You don't have any righteousness. I am all powerful. I am almighty. I'll give you the strength. I'll uphold you. Amen. I'll do it by my righteousness because yours Come short. Hallelujah. Make, make you want to shout, won't it? Look at John chapter number 10. So God's protection is steady. It is sure. It is secure. John chapter number 10, it is also steadfast. Look at John chapter 10, verse number 28. We see the, Lord, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 10 and verse number 28, <laughs> Jesus said, And I give unto them eternal life, not part-time life, not temporary life, not life till you do this or that. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. 
And then in case you're confused about how we're in Christ's hand and how we're in the Father's hand, he said in verse number 30, I and my Father, by the way, we're one. And so Jesus said that I give unto them eternal life and, and they shall never perish and no man is going to pluck them out of my hand and no man is going to pluck them out of my Father's hand for, for I and my Father are one. So it's steadfast. He's not going to change. Now, let's go back to the book of Psalms and go to Psalm chapter 124. Psalm 124. We'll get back to Psalm chapter 3. It may be tonight, but we'll get back to Psalm chapter 3. Psalm chapter 124. God's protection is steady. It's sure. It's secure. It's steadfast. I'll tell you something else. It's also significant. What, what do you mean by that, preacher? It's necessary. You see, we, we're absolutely nothing within ourselves. But David understood that if he was the only one, if, if all of his family and if all of his friends and if all of Israel forsook him, David understood this one thing, that with God all things were possible. It's necessary. Look at this in Psalm 124 and verse number 1. If it had not been the Lord, I want to ask you something. If it's not Him, who is it? If it's not Him, who can? If it's not Him, who are you going to turn to? He said, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, and he repeats it, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Look at, don't you love verse number six? Blessed be the Lord! <laughs> hey! The trouble and the men and the problems are more than I can stand. They're more than I can bear. They're more than I can, can handle. But if it had not been for the Lord, the waters and the stream and the, the, the Bible says the proud waters, they, they would have gone over my soul. I would have been a complete wipeout. I would have been completely washed up. I would have been completely annihilated. If it had not been for the Lord... And so he says in verse number 6, Blessed be the Lord! I'm reminded of Lamentations chapter 3 and verse number 22 where the Bible says it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. He said, Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as prey to their teeth. Now look at this. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help, look at verse number 8, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Listen, Lord, I'm going to have to get Bucky to fix the pulpit. I broke it. The Lord is our help. The Lord is, is the only hope that we have. He's the only help that we have. 
And this, I, I, this, this soul, verse number seven, our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. Now, we know that a snare is a trap, and the fowlers are, of course, were the trappers. I'll tell you something. Satan has set a snare for you. He has set a trap for you. And he has set one for me. And the only hope we have of escaping is the Lord. So we see that it's significant. The protection of the Lord is significant. It's necessary. Now, so we, we see all these verses about God's protection, but what does God protect us from? Or what does God's protection uh, against? What is God's protection against? Or what does God keep us from? Well, let, let's look. You want to look? Let's look at Second Thessalonians. He protects us from corruption or evil. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. God's protection protects us against a number of things. The first one of these that we're going to list is corruption or evil. Look at verse number 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us. That verse doesn't go along with what I... Uh, verse number 3, that's the verse we're looking for, but I, I sure would hate to leave verse number 1 out, chapter number 3. Sure would be a blessing if you'd pray for us. We pray for one another. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it was with you, and that you may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. (laughs) But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Now, this word establish is the opposite of ruin or destroy. It means to fix or to settle in a state of permanence. And so the, the Lord is faithful who shall establish you. Listen, we, we I, I think it was, it might have been Wednesday night, Sunday night, I can't remember when it was. Um, this establish has to do with not being wishy-washy or you're, you're not in and out and up and down and, and driven by every wind of doctrine. The Lord wants to establish you. And he'll, he'll do that if you will allow him to. And that happens by heeding to his word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we hear the word. And then James says we're not to be hearers of the word only, but we're to be doers also. And so we hear the word. We take heed of the word. We become doers of the word. God will establish us in every word and doctrine. Amen. He's protection for corruption. Now turn backwards to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I tell you, our flesh and the world and the flesh and the devil is continually trying to cause us to sin. But I'm glad God can protect us from that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. This is one of those verses in the Bible that I like to elaborate on every time I get a chance. The Bible says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be attempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So in this, in this one verse of Scripture, there are a great number of truths. 
And the first one of those is that sometimes we get the mentality that nobody's going through what I am. Nobody is facing what I am. No, you know, poor, poor, pitiful me. And the Bible says, no, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Now, there is also in this verse both a positive and a negative. The positive is that regardless of what temptation you're facing, God has promised us that it will not be more than you can bear. That That is a great promise. Now, the negative part of this verse is this, and that is if we do fall to that temptation, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Because the temptation is common. God made a way of escape. If we didn't take His way out, we can't blame God and we can't blame anyone else. The problem lies with us. And so I'm glad that the Lord will not tempt us above that which we're able. So anytime you or I fall prey to temptation, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Now, look at Psalm chapter, or I'm sorry, let's go to Revelation chapter 3. God protects us from corruption. God protects us from being caused to sin or being coaxed to sin. In Revelation chapter 3, God protects us from correcting persecution. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 10. I wonder that didn't look like, right, that was Revelation chapter 2. Chapter number 3, Revelation chapter 3, verse number 10. Because, now, notice this, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Listen, you're not going to escape temptation, and neither am I. The Lord, even the Lord Himself was tempted. Now, the, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that He was tempted without sin. He, 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 was, he didn't sin at all, but oftentimes, the majority of the time, when you and I face temptation, we wind up in sin. So all of us is tempted, but thou, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Man, we, we've got we to get to the place where we keep God's word. And um, we rely on God's Word. We depend upon God's Word. Quit quit relying on man and start relying upon God's Word. That's where the help comes from. Now, look at Psalm chapter 56. I tell you what, if you're still in Revelation, just hold your finger there because we're going to go to Jude in just a moment. You're really close to Jude when you're in Revelation. But I want to look at Psalm chapter 56 first. Psalm chapter 56. God protects us from our enemies. Now, I could just read all these verses, but I'd rather you see them in the Bible. Psalm 56, verse number 9, the Bible says, When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Now, there's several things here, but the first thing I want you to understand is this. God is for you. God is not against you. We have mentality today. There's a lot of people in the world that have the mentality, even in our church world, that God is against us. So I don't, I, you're here this morning. I don't, I don't care what your circumstance is, what your situation is, or even what your sin is. God is for you. 
He is not for your sin. He is not going to condone your sin. He's not going to take part in your sin. He's not going to justify you in your sin. But He is for you turning from your sin to Him. And when you do, He is for forgiving you of your sin. He is for saving you. He is for giving you eternal life. He's for you. Now, the same is true when your enemies come upon you, as this verse of Scripture says in Psalm chapter 56, When I cried unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. David said, I know this, this I know, for God is with me. So, stop trying to face your enemies and fight them. Pray and let God take care of the battle. Amen. Now, Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. I know, I know it's, it's after 12 and your stomach's growling and all of that stuff. So Jude, it doesn't matter what chapter as long as it's verse 24. Jude, verse number 24, God's protection, He protects us against collapsing or falling. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Now, all these verses that I've read this morning are sermons within themselves. You can spend a lot of time on them. This this verse of Scripture says, Now unto Him, first of all, you're not able. He's able. That verse is very clear. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling. You know what that means? That means you can't keep yourself from falling. You have to depend upon Him to keep you from falling. Because in our, in our, we, I've, I've mentioned it over and over and over, it just keeps coming up. We, we cannot keep ourselves. He keeps us. He keeps us from falling. Now look, not only does He keep us from falling, <laughs> He's going, now, I, I don't know, you, you may be, you may have arrived, you may have it all figured out. I don't. Now, not only is he going to keep me from falling, he's going to present me faultless before him in glory. Now, I know how many faults I have, and you probably know how many faults I have, and I'm not even going to answer the question about your faults. You can do that yourself. But I'm going to tell you, all of us have numerous faults, but not only is he able to keep us from falling, he is also able to allow me to stand in God's presence in glory and present me to him without fault. And the verse ain't even over yet. Are you kidding? And he said, we can do that with exceeding joy. Now listen, if you're down in the dumps today and it's just all doom and gloom and woe is me and poor pitiful me, get your eyes off of self. Get your eyes off of your problems. Get your eyes off of your circumstances and your situation and look to Him who is able to keep you from falling. Because, listen, I'm not making light of your circumstance. I'm not making light of your situation. I'm not making light of your burden or your problem. Please don't misunderstand me. I promise you I'm not, and my heart breaks when your breaks, and and I hurt when you hurt, and I cry when you cry. So I'm not making light of your situation. What I'm telling you is that God is greater than all your problems. 
He is greater than all your trouble. He's greater than all your care. He's greater than all your pain. He's greater than all your situations and your circumstances. You have got to stop looking to self and look to Him. He's able to keep you from falling. The preacher's not able. The church is not able. Facebook is not able. God is. Amen. All right, let's go back to Psalm chapter 57. Psalm chapter 57. This will be the last place I'll have you turn this morning. God's protection protects us against a number of things. And the last one of these are calamities that destroy our spirit. David said in Psalm chapter 57 and verse number 1, Man, what a cry this is. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. God is a merciful God. And in our plea to God, we beg Him to be merciful to us. And David used this reason for God to be merciful unto him. He said, for my soul trusteth in thee. And man, if our trust is in God, God will be merciful unto us. And then the last part of that verse, he didn't say if these calamities be overpassed. He said, until these calamities be overpassed. Meaning that they will, they'll, you'll get past it. You'll get by it. You'll get beyond it. They'll be behind you. And it'll be because of God's mercy and God's grace. Listen, calamities happen to all, saved or lost. We can be persecuted. And yes, we can even be martyred. But as a Christian, we have refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ. He can give you peace when life is not peaceful. As the shield was put in front of the soldier in battle. We are to allow the Lord to lead us as our shield, and we are to faithfully follow Him. He wants to help you. He's for you. If it, Miss Andy's coming this morning with all this, all the preaching and all the verses. I want you to know of a surety that God is for you. He's for you. Whatever your circumstance, need, or situation is today, the Lord is for you. If you're here and you're not saved, He died for you. He wants you to be saved. If you are saved, He's for you. He's on your side. He wants to help you.